one. Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mass Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jaren. What is up, guys? Today, we are going to be getting into our prelude to the NBA Draft Lottery, which is tonight, the most significant day for the 2023-2024 season for the Dallas Mavericks. Basically dictates everything. Everybody's, you know, angsty. Um, the sweat's pouring out. They're they're biting the fingernails. Jaron, how are we feeling? Just hours out from the NBA draft lottery. Yeah, I mean, hours out. I, I think the best way to probably sum this up is, you know, we're either hours away from impending doom or hours away from hope and glory. Uh, you know, I, I'm definitely feeling a little bit weary because I believe it is a 20, 20.2% odds uh, or chance that the Mavericks could fall out of sight at that top 10 pick. And of course, if we do fall outside that top 10 pick, we owe that pick to the New York Knicks. Um, and if that's the case, you know, pretty much you have to question, you know, this season at hand and future going forward. So there's definitely some question lines going uh, into this and we're only what, like seven hours out. Uh, but you know, I can't say I'm a, I'm a little excited to have some Mavs news back in the back in the little media. Yeah, definitely. It's been very dry within the Mavs media realm, uh, just in terms of, you know, content and news and anything to do with the team, really, as these playoffs have ensued, obviously has been just very quiet from a Mavericks front. So uh, just to have, you know, a, a semblance of, of excitement around the team will will definitely be fun. But you know, whether you're team tank or you were, you know, team anti-tank at the end of the season, uh, they the team is where they are now. And uh, all we can do is be, you know, not optimistic, uh, but uh, I guess just sort of cautiously uh, up in the air about what's going to happen because none of us know exactly how the ping pong balls are going to um are going to bounce tonight, except the NBA script writers. They are the only ones that know. So we'll have to see how everything turns out on that front. But in this podcast specifically, we're going to be getting into the, what the Mavericks could be doing uh, with that pick, uh, you know, if they were to accrue it and uh, and retain it, or, you know, what they could do if they potentially even landed inside the top four, which has, um, I believe, a less than 5% chance of happening don't quote me on that maybe that's just getting a top two pick or whatever but i saw that here recently um their their odds for being in the top four are obviously um you know pretty marginal so we'll you know dive into the uh the dream possibilities of that we'll we'll dive into what would happen if they decided to you know trade back and you know get a you know a later first maybe take on some other contracts uh, we'll talk about some guys that are in that range uh, that the Mavericks are, you know, kind of poised to be selecting from that uh, that ten spot, of course, uh, where they have the, uh, you know, the utmost chance to keep their pick uh, would be at that ten spot where you know they have the eighty point eight percent chance to retain their pick, um, but you know it's you know like a four out of five chance if they do retain their pick almost that they probably end up keeping it uh, at number 10. So we'll be getting into that as well. Uh, but before we do all that, and uh, we rev up the excitement, rev the engine back up for the draft lottery, here is an ad from our sponsor, Spotify for Podcasters. All right, so getting back into it, guys. 
I completely uh, botched part of the intro uh, when I was talking about the percentage of odds uh, for the Mavericks to retain their pick within the range of uh, the one to four selection range. I said it was like something like 3%, but I was just kind of talking out of my ass. Uh, Jaron, during the ad break, rightfully corrected me uh, that the Mavericks have a four, uh, 14.9% chance of uh, landing top four. And then they have a 20.2% chance, of course, as we had denoted earlier, of not getting their pick in it going to the Knicks. So um, as uh, you know, I will jointly pull, you know, sort of point out uh, along with a lot of other people on Twitter, the Mavericks have a higher likelihood of losing their pick to the Knicks than they do of landing with inside the top four. But one thing's for sure, the 80.2% chance they have of keeping their pick um, is, uh, you know, a lot, a much better blanket of security uh, than they would have had earlier in the year. Um, had they, you know, chose to win those last two games, or if just by mere, you know, happenstance, they won those last two games, um, so, you know, like I said, regardless of where you lie on that um, sort of uh, dilemma that fans uh, sort of split the fan base uh, at the end of the year, I think we can all agree on that. Uh, everybody is, you know, wanting to um, get a good pick tonight, wanting for tonight's proceedings to go well and hoping that the bad karma from the basketball gods does not come back to haunt the Mavericks for um, their their misfortunes there at the end of the season. Um, so, Jaron, uh, you know, before we get into, you know, some of the more, um, I guess, just tangible things um, in terms of what the Mavericks could kind of do with this pick, uh, as well as, you know, <clears throat> the, the just variety of options they have and how, how significant this would be. Um, what does this mean to the fans, Jaron, uh, if the Mavericks were – to you know keep this top 10 pick after you know a, a season of uh where, where it just seemed like a sort of perilous um you know grave that they were digging themselves yeah i mean i i think probably the best way to sum up last year is mediocre to extremely bad uh so i think you know getting a top 10 pick uh, either at number 10 or at you know those coveted top four spots like that that would definitely mean of course, so much. I, I think, you know, more than likely, I believe there's a 65% chance or around a 65% chance that they do retain that top 10 spot. Um, and if that is the case, you know, I, I think that's probably the most promising. Um, you know, I'm not going to hold, don't hold your breath on a, uh, you know, potential move up into that top four. I don't think anybody um, would be, you know, reminisced to say that would be extremely awesome if that happened, but I'm not, you know, going to hold our breath or, do anything extremely, you know, out of the norm, um, operating out of the norm, you know, acting like they're going to get a top four pick. So I think, uh, yeah, if they got a top 10 or at least retain their t- uh, number 10 spot uh, in this draft, I think that that would mean a lot for, you know, future going forward, um, you know, possible uh, addition inside, you know, it, to uh, or a possible addition, you know, compared to this pretty lackluster, um, you know, Mavericks team uh there'd be a new addition especially you know age-wise uh hopefully or assuming they continue with that draft but yeah I mean I I think that there's definitely more excitement to be had um you know given the pick of course for obvious reasons uh you know this season or I guess last season for that instance wouldn't be a total waste if that was the case 
Um, and of course, those last two games would have actually probably looked in positive manner uh, if they do retain that top 10 spot or possibly move up into the top four. So a lot of it has to, you know, has sort of been made of just how significant keeping this pick is. And, you know, everybody, you know, even you kind of pointed out towards the uh, beginning of the podcast, that you know, the Mavericks would sort of had to project their own impending doom if they were to not retain this pick. Um, you know, what is the contingency scenario if this ends up going to the Knicks? Um, what what possibilities would be opened up to the Mavericks at that point and what wouldn't? Um, you know, because I've seen some people out there uh, that have made the case that, you know, that this pick is honestly all, all not too significant, you know, that um, there are other avenues to success. And, you know, if we end up whiffing and don't get a top 10 pick it'll be okay um you, did you if you could just you know talk about um you know the different possibilities there and why this top 10 pick is you know just objectively a, a better asset than what the mavericks may have in the future yeah i mean look like i, I know me and you we share the same sort of mindset whenever it comes to this that uh, especially at the end of the season, you know, we were pushing for the Mavericks to lose games. Uh, or I don't know if that sounds bad, but essentially that's what we were doing um, to get inside that top 10 pick. So, you know, with the I mean, loaded I mean, draft class, I think, I think we need to contextualize that. We were, <laughs> we're not, know, we're not throwing ourselves under the bus yet. Well, so. yeah, because we did that and we, we <laughs> got the whole tank brigade going there at the end of the season and lost a significant portion of listeners, but um, no, I'm just joking, but um, in, in all seriousness, you know, me and Jared, I don't think we're, you know, just wanting the team to to fail and lose. But, you know, once it just became basically, you know, seemingly mathematically impossible, really just those last two games are, you know, are, are kind of when we, you know, would definitely say that we favored a, a loss over a win. Um, but that didn't mean that we, you know, couldn't celebrate the success of, of Marquise yeah. Morris and yeah, exactly. others and others going off, you know, we, we, we came into that situation with definitely a, a sort of even keel approach. Uh, we, we weren't, um, you know, d- d- despite our inherent biases that we project on our, our podcast, just know that we were doing our due diligence as, you know, as good co-hosts. So I, I just wanted to get that out there. Well, you did a, a very good job of covering up our tra- tracks and now our asses <laughs> won't be on fire, so no, it's fine. Um, no, but yeah, getting back to what you were t- what we were talking about, you know, um, this I think a top ten asset or a top ten pick um, in this draft would be an incredible asset to have. Whether you know you're looking to make that next step uh, into a trade, you know, whether you're looking for depth or looking for that big name center that we've coveted for for a very long time, like I, I think that that top ten pick has to be included in any one of those trades to ever exist. So I think that, you know, from an asset management personally, I think that's, you know, got to be one of the top things that has to happen is retaining this top 10 pick or possibly moving up into the top four. Um, so and, let me, let me pose this to you. I, I hate to interrupt you again, but no, you're good. You're good. Um, like, well, cause a lot of people will point out that if the Mavericks don't get this first round pick, then they'll, you know, have the ability to trade their 2025 first round pick. Um, you know, at the time of this draft because of the, the way that the Stepien rule works. But if they do retain it, then uh, they, they can't trade another first-round pick till their 2027 um, because the only outgoing one that they have right now is that 2029 first-round pick that they, uh, of course, trade to Brooklyn, the Kyrie trade. So, you know, 
obviously, you know, I, I don't think it takes a genius to know this, but you know, what, what is so different about, you know, a top 10 pick, you know, asset wise versus a, you know, two years out from now, first round pick. Yeah. I mean, obviously like, you know, we know the state of the team right now. We know, you know, the possibilities or or the, the names um, that could be around that top around that number 10 pit, uh, number 10 spot, I should say. Um, Yeah. And I mean, you look out to 2025, um, I mean, heck, you don't know who's going to be in that draft class. Uh, I mean, maybe Bronny James, like you don't really know. Uh, there, there's no certainty uh, going out that far. And especially, you know, with the Mavericks, for those of, you know, fans that are saying, oh, you know, it really doesn't matter because we'll still have that 25 pick to trade. You know, there's nothing guaranteed. Luca's contract is up soon. Um, you know, he's, or I guess not he, but, you know, there is some, sort of I guess mixed feelings as to you know will he be a maverick after next season like I I do think that there's some legit a legitimate reason to be you know concerned um and and I think you know if you're looking out that far like you're pretty much being certain that Luke is going to be you know a maverick for a a long time to come or at least the next handful of seasons and I, I just don't know especially with the the state of the team right now I just don't know if you can operate in a safe manner in that way. So I think a top 10 pick um, in this year's draft will definitely be, of course, a much better asset in my opinion. No. Yeah. I, I think that that it would uh, be just, uh, just malpractice to to say otherwise, yeah. because, you know, just the, the tier between a, you know, a guaranteed surefire top 10 pick in a, in a, I wouldn't say a top heavy draft class, but definitely a draft class that, how is this some of the better talent that we've seen really inside the top five, but, you know, top 10 uh, possibly in the last few years, you know, contrary to, you know, first round pick two years from now, which obviously isn't too long of a time span is still a pretty valuable thing. But I mean, that that's something, you know, that a lot more teams are going to have in their toolbox to be able to trade. You know, if you really do want to improve your team uh, beyond just marginally, you know, having a top 10, um, you know, current pick that, you know, can be, uh, of course, conveyed to another team on draft night. Um, you know, it's it's truly um, invaluable, to say the least. Uh, so, you know, that obviously would do wonders for the Mavericks. But, you know, we really haven't talked too much about these guys in specific. So, you know, I, I just thought that, you know, we'd be doing them a disservice if, you know, we didn't at least, you know, mention some of the names that are projected in that area uh, that the Mavericks could, you know, maybe pining for um, if they were to, you know, just land at 10 or if they were somehow able to land uh, inside the top four, you know, some names that they could maybe get um, by trading back. And I wanted to do that before we actually got into, you know, what the Mavericks can do with their pick in terms of, uh, the scenarios that involve trading in and all, all that sort of stuff and and the the connotations that each of those scenarios would provide. And, you know, so, you know, I guess starting with you, Jaron, what guys are, are in that 10, in that 10 range for the Mavericks um, that you think could, uh, you know, really, it, you know, if not, <clears throat> you know, improve the team uh, significantly, you know, the, they're still getting a guy, uh, that that's highly touted um, that they can, you know, plug and play into the rotation in a few years and, you know, can be a surefire starter. Um, 
who are some of the guys in that range that you, that you think are most promising? Yeah, I mean, like there's two names that jump out to me. Um, and then I, I guess I'll pick a third. Uh, I don't really know a whole lot about him, uh, but I just know, you know, just looking at mock drafts that he's around that, you know, 10 to 12 spot. But I, I think, you know, my top guy, I, I to me, this is pretty, you know, I, I think that this is well warranted. Uh, Taylor Hendricks, he's my top guy at that 10 spot. I think, you know, he could go anywhere from six to 10. Um, and if he fell to that 10 spot where, you know, he is projected in a lot of drafts uh, or mock drafts, I should say. Um, I think to me, that's probably the top guy that you can get in that range. Um, and of course, Bleacher Report has him going 10. Uh, you know, that's a pretty notable sort of source. But, uh, you know, my second guy, I would go with Cam Wetmore, just a, you know, sizable 3 and D wing. I think his he's a little bit more spacey in terms of projection, um, like really no 100%. You know, I've seen him as high as like seven and I've seen him as low as like 16. Um, I really don't know where exactly he's projected but i would guess you know around that 8 to 12 range somewhere around there and then um i'd go kobe buffkin i know you a little you know a little bit more about him will um but i've seen him he was on the ringer uh for their mock draft at number 10 and two dallas of course um and you know he seems like he's a smaller sort of wing um and definitely defensive minded yeah i know um you know the Different, uh, you know, archetypes of players are very intriguing to me uh, because inside this top 10, there's a lot of, um, you know, these, I guess, you know, kind of playmaking 3 and D wings, if you will. And that archetype is obviously, you know, one of the more coveted ones in the NBA nowadays. And, uh, you know, you can express how seamlessly you can kind of plug and play a guy like that on any team but the Mavericks need defense at the point of attack as well and maybe that's getting swept under the rug you know in favor you know of more size to to guard those playmaking wings that uh the Western Conference sure has a lot of um you know you're you could be going up against Kawhi and then LeBron the next night on a you know West Coast uh road trip little twosome so there's a lot of guys within this range that you know, fit different needs and molds of this Mavericks team uh, that they could, uh, you know, definitely be able to plug and play right now, just given some of their, you know, defensive deficiencies. Um, but whether, you know, I, I think that if they do keep their pick, you know, in some capacity, if they don't choose to trade it back, you know, there's just not a, a surefire, uh, you know, big, unless they get Wimbamiana, of course, uh, that's really going to uh, tilt the towers, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, but I do think that there are, uh, you know, an abundance of wings that they're looking at here. And it, it would definitely, you know, in, in that 10 range to see, you know, whether they would defer to getting a guy, uh, maybe like a case in Wallace from Kentucky, six, four point guard, um, you know, projects as a really good defender, has good length, averaged 2.2 steals last year. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, Keontae George, more of a, a scoring threat. Um, but, the you know, yes, the he he, he grew Dallas up Brett. very close to Jaron and I. We, we have some, some high school rivalry beef with him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, but, yeah, no, just, uh, you know, I, I think undoubtedly whoever they get, 
is going to project uh, pretty well defensively, either, you know, just from their measurables, um, you know, or at least their intangibles. Um, but, but at the end of the day, seeing if they prioritize, you know, a little more, more size uh, or if they're preferential to, you know, more of the shooting guard sort of mold, uh, you know, getting like a, you know, trying to, trying to, you know, just find the Marcus Smart, Lou Dort type of guy in this draft, see if they can pick it from the pack of peanuts. Uh, I think that that's going to be um, one of the more interesting aspects if they choose to keep this pick. Um, so, you know, guys that I see within that 10 range, you know, obviously Cam Whitmore, Taylor Hendricks, most mock drafts have them going a little bit before, but, yeah. you know, I mentioned Case <clears throat> uh, and Wallace um, from, <clears throat> you know, Kentucky. Grady Dick is a guy that's projected in that range, but I just don't know if his defense is, you know, of par for the Mavericks to, you know, really take a chance on, you know, Dariq Whitehead is a guy that I'd be looking at in that range. Um, you know, Jalen Hood, Shfino. There's a few different, you know, you know, once you start kind of venturing past there, it gets a little different, you know, maybe Bryce Sensabaugh. Uh, they got a few different guys that they can look at and to see the dichotomy between, um, you know, the the smaller, you know, more, you know, point of attack, you know, defensive inclined wings and the the guys that can guard up a little bit. Uh, that That's one of the more intriguing aspects of, of that range for the Mavericks. Now, say the Mavericks are, you know, throwing a curveball. The, the script writers and Adam Silver, Mark Tatum get together. Uh, you know, in the in the conglomerate business meeting, and you know they think that you know the Mavericks could really need to to take that step forward. Uh, that their ratings drop too much after they you know are not in the Western Conference Finals anymore, and had you know it's just such a downslope of a season. Uh, we're, we're fine for tanking. You know, Adam Silver wants to come in and uh, and mend this issue, right? And and the Mavericks land top four. Um, Jaron, if they were to accrue a top ten, a top four pick, in in, in any capacity, uh, what are the sort of options that the Mavericks are are looking at here? For you know, in terms of those players, obviously, you know, outside of just, um, you know, Victor, of course, so which which I would hope if you're listening to this podcast, you at least have like some sort of idea of. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, you know, I think if the if the Mavericks were to accrue a top four pick I do think that there is three players that are complete lock at number three that being of course Victor Womanyama at one and you can argue two and three between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson uh but that number four spot opens up a lot of possibilities I think if the Mavericks landed there uh I mean that opens the door to the Thompson twins Azir Amen um you know possibly Jarese Walker if you're looking to go more of a bigger forward route um you know I I think that this just opens a lot more doors. You know, they're outside of the Thompson twins and kind of Jarese Walker um, and the occasional mock draft that has Taylor Hendricks at like five. I don't really think that there's anybody a lock or in a lock at side or at four. Um, and there's besides, you know, I think the Thompson twins for that matter, I think that they're really a lock for the top seven, I would say, or top eight. Um, so I think, yeah, if you got a top four pick, that would definitely open up some possibilities there. Um, and look, I mean, if the Mavericks just somehow clutched up and they got 
you know, a, a number three pick, you either have the the pick of the litter between Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller, whoever doesn't get picked. And I think at that point you have to pick one of those two. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, of course, that's just all hope and dreams. And, you know, the Mavericks, of course, have had very, very uh, bad luck going into the draft lottery for pretty much the whole franchise. So I wouldn't be expecting too much, like I said earlier in the podcast. But, you know, if the balls were to fall right and if the odds were to be in our favor, um, you know, I would instantly look at, you know, Eamon Thompson. Uh, and if he somehow gets picked up early, uh, like at, at number three, uh, of course, you have to look at Azir or, again, Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson. Yeah, you know, one guy that could maybe fall to that 10 range that obviously at the I think it's a little bit of a long shot, but just given a very you know, the the sort of rigid nature uh, of the top 10 right now and the and the volatility of it. You know, if, if Anthony Black falls to 10, you know, this is a another guy that me and Jaron uh, <laughs> grew up like right next to. So and we're relatively the same age. So you know, we would, uh, I think we'd be preferential to him, of course, you know, that, that's a six, seven, um, you know, you get another ball handler on the roster, but also a guy that can play up a little bit and is a good point of attack defender has good lateral quickness. Um, that, that would be, uh, a cool scenario if he were to fall to 10, but he's in that sort of sweet spot where I don't, I just don't see an avenue to, to him being selected you know, before the Thompson twins. But, you know, if he does, uh, that would be very interesting. Um, I just had to throw that out there, even though it had nothing to do with your what we were talking <laughs> we were talking about. But something that does have to do with what um, you were kind of alluding to is, you know, <clears throat> if the Mavericks were to land inside the top four versus if they landed at ten, because you know, like we said, I, I think maybe can they land at nine, Jaron? No, they can't. They can only, I, I believe it's only 10 and top four and 11 and 12, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So the Mavericks really can't land at nine, eight, seven, six. It's mathematically impossible or whatever. Um, so if the Mavericks were to, you know, retain their pick at 10 versus landing inside the the top four by some miracle, how does that, uh, you know, open up the trade possibilities um, in terms of, the talent that they could get back just, uh, you know, from, from a simple six pick jump, if they were to somehow get in the top four and would you personally be more preferential to, you know, keeping the pick or trading the pick if it's at 10 and then if it's top four, what would you do as well? Uh, you know, that's honestly a very hard question. So I'll try and get it out of the way quickly before I answer uh, the other question that you had. So, Honestly, I've been going back and forth on this. I was very head over heels on the fact that if we get the number 10 spot, we have to trade it, get as much, you know, now or get as much talent as possible uh, that we know can produce. And, you know, I've been going back and forth on this, like I said, and I think now I'm more leaning towards keeping that pick, uh, especially if, you know, Taylor Hendricks, Cam Whitmore, you know, possibly Anthony Black, like guys like those names, especially if they are falling a little bit in the draft, I think that you have to look to keep that pick. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, look, if there was somehow a miracle uh, and the Mavericks got a top four pick, I think we pretty much already discussed that over. But, you know, there there's some avenues, there's some routes to go. Uh, personally, if the Mavericks get a top four pick, I think that they're 100% keeping that pick. If they get a 10 pick, you know, there's a little bit of discussion. Um, you know, I think that if they are looking at a trade, there is two routes via trade that they can take, uh, you know, 
DeAndre Ayton's name has been thrown out there. Personally, I'm not a big fan. Um, but again, the Mavericks are in very needed uh, of a center. And, you know, I, I definitely could see that 10 pick being thrown in a trade like that. Or uh, the Mavericks could trade back. They possibly, you know, if they want to be in the little later rounds, Derek Lively, he's a center, averaged like damn near four blocks a game at, you know, just his freshman year. Granted, some offensive issues. Uh, but, you know, there there are there is another center that's defensive minded uh granted that is a big sort of take but it, you know they can trade back trade back uh possibly get a little bit more assets or dra- uh, draft assets for the future or you know like we said trade that trade that pick entirely for someone who we know can produce now yeah um you know i i think i'm looking at this tankathon uh projected mock draft and for me personally if, if the mavericks you know i, I I'm a little bit more preferential to the Mavericks getting a guy that can really, you know, guard up, guard some of these, you know, three and four kind of playmaking wings uh, that that are just in abundance in the Western Conference. So, you know, if if Grady, you know, not Grady Dick, um, <laughs> if Taylor Hendricks, Cam Whitmore, you know, Anthony Black, um, you know, Jarius Walker, you know, hell, any of the Thompson twins, obviously, were to fall to, to 10 by – uh, some sort of stretch of the imagination, then, you know, I, I would definitely be a little bit more poised to keep the pick if I'm the Mavericks or at least consider it, you know, especially uh, depending on the trade packages. Uh, Cause I feel like there's a little bit of a talent drop off, you know, outside of the top nine or 10 in this draft. Um, but, you know, if they get the top, a uh, top four pick, you know, you know, you, you do really, it kind of have to just play that uh, just based on the situation, you know, uh, if they were to get Victor, I think that they you you don't really just you just can't throw that that possibility no. away unless you know yeah, there was one point where I was you know oh let's see uh, let's call up Indiana see if they'll you know do Turner healed and uh you know Nem Harder just like you know something that, their whole roster. <laughs> yeah like yeah exactly besides like Matherin and maybe like. To Halliburton I would like would be the only like safe keeps for them in that scenario but um realistically you know I I just don't see you know just the hype that it would warrant and everything I, I just don't see how they could pass it up if they got the first pick but if they were to land you know two through four I think it would just be kind of dependent on the trades that presented themselves up at the time especially if they land at two um, and a team is really pining there to go get scoot um, you know, you could you could really see a team empty the kitchen sink for a guy of that caliber. And while, you know, he definitely has, you know, more than enough potential to be a generational talent, he's not uh, you know, he he definitely doesn't I don't know if Scoot, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I just don't know currently if he projects as a as a once in a lifetime talent, you know, contrary to some of uh or contrary, really, just to Victor. And, you know, that's, of course, granted that Victor ends up panning out and, you know, isn't in a, a battle with injuries his whole career. But, you know, the, it, it would just be, you know, some some maverick tomfoolery to, to mess around with the number one pick if they were to finally, after years of despair, get it. But, you know, you land two through four, you definitely have to, you know, at least survey the field. Uh, but the guys there are so talented that, you know, especially if you are wanting to snag, you know, one of the Thompson twins or Brandon Miller, you know, could you really blame the Mavericks uh, just given the potential that those guys project? But then you 
you know, present the question of, oh, are they, oh, are they playing the waiting game? You know, what 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 timeline are we on? Are we on Lucas or Kyrie's? You know, all these weird things start to come in fruition. So uh, I don't know, man. It's it's definitely uh, a weird uh, dichotomy in terms of trading the pick or or retaining it. But, uh, you know, uh, one thing's for sure, you know, the, the asset management that would be at disposal if this team was to, you know, just stay with inside the top 10 and that 80.2% chance hits. Um, like I said, this whole podcast would be truly invaluable. Hence why, you know, we've been stressing kind of for weeks, you know, we've obviously took a little, you know, about a six day break from the pod. But if you listen to some of our previous episodes, we've been stressing for weeks how important this, this pick is. And, you know, the Mavericks, yes, they can recover. I'm not saying it's the end of the world if tonight somehow goes haywire. Well, not somehow because, you know, it, it, it would be our luck just given past events that this were to go haywire. But I, I'm not saying that, you know, the franchise is completely screwed if if things go south tonight and the Mavericks end up conveying their pick at 11 or 12 to the Knicks for whatever reason. I, I'm not saying we're completely screwed you know we can still trade the 2025 i think this front office you know regardless of how competent they are uh their hand is forced to where they have to make moves this offseason so if you're optimistic about one thing we'll at least see movement now whether that's you know good movement or bad movement i can't really attest to that yet but you know we'll just have to see um but uh i think that this asset especially in this draft um and you know i know that they're will obviously uh you know be some some coveted top um you know guys in the coming drafts you know like Modas Bazoulas obviously you know he's been going up against Cooper Flag for those of you guys it's you know who, who still keep up with the high school overtime uh highlights on Instagram um but you know there, there's obviously guys in the coming years that yes uh w- will be in the draft but the these guys at the upper echelon are you know highly coveted every year and you know it's not while the nba does get better as a whole yeah you know i I think just the the collectivity of the league and uh you know just how you know refined the game is maybe it's just ever so marginally better year after year uh there will definitely be worse draft classes in this in the coming years and you know it's not you know Acts, you know, it's not insanely out of the realm to to say that the 2025 draft class, you know, especially if the Mavericks don't opt to trade their pick this summer for whatever reason, or you know, if you're just projecting from from now, may not be as good, near as good as this draft class. You know, especially in hindsight, you know, we like to go back and compare draft classes. You know, I, I, a top ten pick in the uh, what would it be the uh, 2018 draft class could have yeah. got you, you know, Mikel Bridges. Um, a, a top 10 pick and I mean uh, a few of the other last draft classes um, you know I I was looking at this list the other day can't remember the exact names on it but you know there's some guys that you know there have been some top 10 guys that aren't even in the league you know over the last few years so um, you know with, with such a, a rigid uh, dichotomy between you know retaining and and trading the pick and you know just you know if the Mavericks, you know, even get to keep it or they have to convey it to the Knicks, you know, we cannot stress the importance of, of this asset um, enough. And, and, you know, that was kind of the point of this whole podcast. So, 
you know, Jaron, I ask you, you know, now that we've talked a lot about the different contingency scenarios Mavericks could, um, you know, do if they were to get this top 10 pick or even a top four pick for that matter, um, what else could they do in this draft that we haven't really gone uh, too into depth yet about if they, uh, you know, were to to keep their pick? Yeah, I think one of the avenues, you know, we briefly, I, I guess, just topped over it. But one of the avenues I think the Mavericks could possibly take, I, I think that there's an outside shot. No one's really discussed it as they could possibly trade back. Um, you know, of course, in doing so, I think the Mavericks, in all honesty, of course, you know, I, I think that they would try and retain within that top to top 20 range, I, if I were to guess, um, while also doing so, I think that they would, you know, possibly get, you know, either future seconds or even maybe a future first in return uh, on top of maybe some other players uh, to add to this squad. I, I think, you know, we've seen the importance of second round picks, especially because of this trade deadline that two, two second round picks basically equals one first round pick. I, I think that's kind of the equation that we've come used to. Um, and I think that that'll probably continue to be the same, at least through next season. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised that if the Mavericks did oh, trade back, oh, they I'm would be sorry to, uh, to chime in, but no, you're good for those re- watching the, the recent playoffs. Uh, if we're, you know, using that as our, our sort of, um, you know, ratio, then Jay Crowder is essentially two and a half first round picks that the, uh, that, that the is very true. Bucks gave up right there. So, yeah, I mean, that is, a, he, he yeah. did not play a whole lot this playoffs and I don't know. I and apparently he understands, he doesn't understand why he's in Milwaukee. So he doesn't um, understand. He doesn't understand why he's in Milwaukee. Well, it's not like he pined to make a trade request for yeah, know, so months on end. So I, I believe it was something along the lines of, but yeah, getting back to it, I, I think, you know, the Mavericks would more so be looking for future assets if they did trade back, you know, maybe Taylor, maybe, you know, there's three guys outlined and circled uh, like, let's just throw random names out there. Anthony black, uh, Taylor Hendricks and Cam Whitmore. And those guys go off the board pretty early. I think the Mavericks could possibly be looking to trade back, you know, for just about the only other center who's projected in that first round. Uh, who would be Derek Lively. I think if they really, you know, want to go get a center who's a good shot blocker or at that, then, essentially yeah. an elite shot blocker, um, you know, I, I think that they could definitely go that route. And, you know, and doing so, like we just said, uh, maybe get some future assets, second round picks, maybe possibly a first rounder. Um, and, you know, who knows, maybe uh, someone's willing to unload a contract uh, that's not favorable in their eyes. And, you know, maybe the Mavericks can pounce on that. So uh, I do think that there are routes that the Mavericks could take uh and doing like like if they wanted to trade back but i you know in all likelihood i I don't think it's you know gonna be more so than just trading the pick entirely um i i would see if they're going to trade anything i think that would be more of the route they do decide to take but who knows um you know i i just think you know from an asset management that's absolutely essential that the team gets within the top 10 um and let me just say this that i i do believe this that if the mavericks got a top four pick this draft i think that would be franchise changing whether they keep the pick or trade it i i just think that definitely changes the upside changes the vault whatever you want to call it of what this team could possibly do because there's just so many outlets if you get a top four pick uh and especially in this top heavy loaded draft no for a hundred percent and you know the the importance of tonight uh can cannot be stressed enough and you know when when we talk about you know some of the mavericks 
different avenues to improvement, whether it be, you know, trading back or, you know, whether it be, you know, unloading for future uh, picks or, or first or seconds or anything like that. You know, one thing, you know, is for sure if they, if they do get a top 10 pick and they're, you know, presented with any of those sort of, you know, maybe take a step back, but also take a step forward uh, ty- type of moves as I would like to sort of denote them, um, you know, then they, you know, especially with a top 10 pick would, would probably be poised uh, to, you know, solve one of their issues, you know, via getting a role player back in a deal like that. Or, you know, and then, you know, another issue um, by, you know, selecting somebody, <clears throat> you know, like that's why we've been kind of talking about this whole Derek Lively scenario, because this obviously isn't a, you know, a, a big heavy class outside of Wimbamyama, right? Um, but, you know, with all the, the, the plethora of wings, you know, sitting there inside the top 10 and whatever, um, you know, if the Mavericks are really wanting to get a bigger wing and, you know, everybody's off the board once they get to 10, they're just like, oh, damn, you know, like, you know, you trade back, maybe get a, a role player or two in a future first or, you know, a second or two, something like that. You know, n- not all of those, of course, but, you know, so any of those in that order, um, <clears throat> you know, and then, you know, say you select the Derek Lively, but then also get a wing back in a trade. Those are the type of, you know, moves when we talk about this team being, uh, you know, two, three, maybe even four steps away. Uh, that they'll, you know, need to, you know, really consider making. It may not be the most flashy move at the time, uh, you know, versus just selecting a top 10, you know, a really coveted guy. But this team is not one step away. Um, and I, I know it's been reported by, like, Tim Cato and, and a bunch of other people that, you know, this this pick is definitely in contention to be traded. You know, like, don't be surprised, you know, whatever direction they go, whether it be moving back, hell, even moving forward, that's not really a scenario that yeah. – we've discussed yet but you know if they if they somehow really you know had a deal on the table there you know i could maybe see them doing that i essentially think anything's up on the table um in terms of the avenues that this team uh could have to you know to su- success um if if they're able to to get there but you know one thing is for sure even if you know they're not doing something that is necessarily addressing multiple problems at once they need to with whatever they do in this draft definitely sit the stage to still be able to move things around the table uh, later this offseason, uh, you know, after the draft. Because, you know, I, you know, Kyrie's, uh, you know, is obviously an impending free agent. Um, there still definitely is going to be some some movement that uh, comes out of the, the Maverick side of things um, when this thing is all said and done after free agency is done. Uh, I don't think that this just ends with the draft unless – you know, <laughs> I mean, and this is not me being a pessimist, but I, I just don't see the Mavericks being able to address three or four problems in one night. Um, you know, maybe Nico Harrison is a godsend and, you know, I just need to to be in store for what he has cooking up in the lab. But I, I think that there, you know, there will be a few weeks where, you know, uh, I don't know the exact sort of stretch of time because, you know, free agency can kind of, you know, linger on forever sometimes and then moves just kind of come in out of nowhere towards you know august like when we saw that donovan mitchell trade last year um but it, it this definitely seems like a sort of scenario that we could see this year where you know the mavericks make you know one maybe two moves at the draft and then some moves afterwards and you know there, there's always another move according to the mavericks brass in front office um 
So, you know, I, I, I would just tell fans to to not get, you know, too down if, if the Mavericks just, like, keep their pick and select somebody. You know, I, I think that they still have to make some more moves at that point. I think that their their hand is forced. But, you know, also be cognizant of the fact that, you know, sorry if you guys couldn't catch my uh, satire a second ago when I said there's always another move, but, you know, also be cognizant of the fact that this franchise doesn't have the best track record of, you know, capitalizing upon, you know, one okay or or decent or, or marginal sort of move in, in free agency or on the draft, you know, they'll, they'll get a Jaden Hardy like a last year, but, you know, they didn't have any other successful off season, um, you know, signings or trades or anything like that. In hindsight, you know, I think we can say that the Christian Wood thing was a failed experiment. I think JaVale McGee's a failed experiment, even if he's back on the team next year. Um, so just seeing the player movement that that, that will come with all this, um, you know, whether it somehow all comes on draft day or, or, you know, some of it's there and then, you know, we still see some trades or maybe some, you know, possible free agent signings, just kind of depending on the whole Kyrie scenario afterwards is there's going to be a fascinating development and, you know, Mavericks fans should be, intrigued and exciting for the result that comes tonight uh you know with the mavericks having an 80.8 chance to retain their top 10 pick uh the draft lottery is at what at, at six tonight jaron central time it is at uh i believe at seven i believe it's right before the laker game all right set 7 p.m central time uh you can fact check us on that one um but you know, yeah i mean the the possibilities are obviously great but you know at the same time uh just given this franchise's lottery luck or lottery luck um, I, you know, I'd be remiss to say that there's not, you know, angst and, and nerves going into tonight. Um, so, I mean, if you, if you have anything else, Jaron, uh, you know, feel free to, to let it off here. And, uh, in, in terms of, you know, maybe any outlying nerves that you have tonight or, uh, you know, your, your confidence level in the Mavericks, um, maybe we could pose the question. Who are they sending to the draft lottery before this ends? Oh, they're actually sending Nico Harrison. So are they actually? That's yeah, our coveted our coveted general manager. I saw people on Twitter, you know, proposing Jaden Hardy because you know sometimes teams will send some of their you know coveted young players, and I don't know. I just thought he'd be bring some some good energy to the whole situation. Would be you know very uplifting to a room full of talking heads and you know, and, and all these business savvy dudes and, you know, you get a bright eyed 20 year old guy in there, you know, really ready to, to bring that, that Maverick energy, be a good luck charm, but we will see if Nico Harrison is able to deliver tonight. It's all up to him. If the Mavericks don't keep the top 10 pick, all blame is to fall. uh, Yes. And they, they screwed up the tanking and uh, I I will personally be sending hate mail to uh, one of Mark Cuban's burners. So that's my that's my post part or my 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 post um, fallout plans if the Mavericks don't keep their picks. Do you have any, Jaren? Uh, do I have any? You know, we'll see whenever it gets there. But I, I did look it up. the The draft lottery is indeed at seven p.m. Central Time. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, let's just uh, at this point, let's just hope. I think that's probably the only thing we can do. So. <laughs> Yeah, and the nerves are definitely getting here to Jaron. So, um, you know, we appreciate you guys from listening this far in the podcast. You know, we we wanted to keep this a really surface level pod, just kind of previewing tonight and and the stakes that are, um, you know, at hand here. But we're all, you know, obviously not going to be diving into any of these guys, uh, too deep. 
because we're going to be saving that for after the draft lottery. Cause you know, if we don't even keep our, keep our pick, then it was pointless to do any draft lot, you know, draft profiles and things of that nature in the first place. So, um, you know, all of our sort of draft content uh, that's, you know, going to be coming out is going to be obviously conducive to tonight. And then we'll, we have a few more player profiles. We got to kind of hash out. Jaron and I just had finals at schools, hence the, uh, you know, sort of six day delay there. And we just had a very rough week. We apologize about it. Luckily the Mavericks don't have any playoff basketball for us to keep up with. Um, that's what we do love about our franchise. Um, but you know, we are full fledged, <laughs> ready to go this summer. Uh, we, we have nothing holding us back now with school done and, uh, we are excited to crank out these pods for you guys, but, uh, basically, uh, a, a summer of, of perilous ending or a perilous end and, uh, you know, despair, either starts you know tonight uh after seven and the you know the new york knickerbockers uh get even you know even though they you know lost in six games in the playoffs they they were in the second round they have Jalen brunson that's two things i wish i had right now and uh <laughs> so uh you know that they that we have a we have that much so uh, i think that you know we can go ahead and, and end it there, Jaron. And, uh, you know, what I think that, you know, just the way that me and you sort of operate, uh, given our sort of superstitious nature, we will definitely be texting each other throughout the day of how the Mavericks are going to get the 11th or 12th pick and how all is, uh, going to die. And, you know, how, you know, there's about a lot about to be, you know, more fires starting up and on the West coast, how, you know, there, there's going to be a war starting in Uzbekistan. Uh, all things that are bad uh, are about to happen uh, until, you know, Mark Tatum proves me differently tonight. So uh, with that being said, thank you for listening to the Mainstream Mouse podcast. You guys can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Make sure to give us a five-star review uh, if you so please. We would really appreciate, um, you know, if you guys have listened this far in the episode and, uh, you know, if you'd be inclined to, you know, go ahead and give a review to us. If you really do enjoy what we're doing over here, we would appreciate that. Make sure to, you know, like, comment, and subscribe if you are listening on YouTube, uh, Mainstream Mavs Podcasts on YouTube. Comment if the Mavericks land at the 10th spot and, um, you know, Grady Dick is on the board. You know, would you take him as a knowledgeable basketball fan or would you take Jaron at 10? Comment that down below who who wins in a one-on-one Jaron versus Grady Dick. And lastly, we continually keep getting hacked, so we apologize about that, um, especially if you got any DMs or anything like that. Uh, but our Twitter is still up and running. We're going to, you know, we took a little bit of a, a, a Twitter break, you know, a, a tea break per se. Um, <laughs> but we, we feel like we are back up and, uh, and ready to go. Just felt nice to unplug a little bit now that we weren't doing podcasts, but We'll be, you know, really locked into the lottery tonight, to say the least. So you can catch all of our thoughts and everything, uh, you know, up to the minute before the podcast comes out tonight regarding the uh, results of the draft lottery. Um, and we'll, we'll be tweeting over there and posting this podcast over there. But uh, unless you got anything else, Jaron, uh, we will catch you guys after tonight and after the draft lottery. Bye bye. <laughs>